Our cottage is the complete opposite of our flat in Finsbury Park. It's white, not brown. Big, not small. Old, not new. Art's my favourite subject at school, and if I painted the buildings as people, I would turn the cottage into a crazy old granny, smiling with no teeth. The flat would be a serious soldier, all smart and squashed up in a row of identical men. Mum would love that. She's a teacher at an art college, and I reckon she'd show every single one of her students if I sent her my pictures. Even though Mum's in London, I was happy to leave the flat behind. My room was tiny, but I wasn't allowed to swap with Rose because she's dead and her stuff's sacred. That was the answer I always got whenever I asked if I could move. Rose's room is sacred, James. Don't go in there, James. It's sacred. I don't see what's sacred about a bunch of old dolls, a smelly pink duvet and a bald teddy. Didn't feel that sacred when I jumped up and down on Rose's bed one day when I got home from school. Jazz made me stop, but she promised not to tell. When we got out of the car, we stood and looked at our new home. The sun was setting, the mountains glowed orange, and I could see our reflection in one of the cottage windows. Dad, Jazz, me holding Roger. For a millisecond I felt hopeful, like this really was the beginning of a brand new life and everything was going to be okay from now on. Dad grabbed a suitcase and the key out of his pocket and walked down the garden path. Jazz grinned at me, stroked Roger, then followed. I put the cat down. He crawled straight into a bush, tail sticking out as he scrambled through the leaves. Come on, Jazz called, turning around at the porch door. She held out a hand as I ran to join her. We walked into the cottage together. Jazz saw it first. I felt her arm go stiff. Do you want a cup of tea? she said, her voice too high and her eyes on something in Dad's hand. He was crouching on the lounge floor, his clothes thrown everywhere as if he'd emptied his suitcase in a rush. Where's the kettle? she asked, trying to act normal. Dad didn't look up from the urn. He spat on it, polishing the gold with the end of his sleeve till it gleamed. Then he put my sister on the mantelpiece, which was cream and dusty, and just like the one in the flat in London. And he whispered, Welcome to your new home, sweetheart. Jazz picked the biggest room. It has an old fireplace in the corner and a built-in wardrobe that she's filled with all her new black clothes. She's hung wind chimes from the beams on the ceiling, and they tinkle if you blow on them. I prefer my room. The window overlooks the back garden, which is a creaky apple tree and a pond, and there's this really wide windowsill that Jazz put a cushion on. The first night we arrived, we sat on it for ages, staring at the stars. I never saw them in London. All the lights from the buildings and cars made it too bright to see anything in the sky. Here, the stars are really clear and Jazz told me all about the constellations. She's into horoscopes and reads hers every morning on the internet. It tells her exactly what's going to happen that day. Doesn't it spoil the surprise? I asked in London when Jazz pretended to be sick because her horoscope said something about an unexpected event. That's the point, she replied, getting back into bed and pulling the covers over her head. Jazz is a Gemini, the symbol of the twins, which is strange because she's not a twin anymore. I'm a Leo, and my symbol is the lion. Jazz knelt up on the cushion and pointed at it out of the window. 
It didn't look much like an animal, but Jazz said that whenever I'm upset, I should think of the silver lion above my head and everything will be all right. I wanted to ask why she was saying this stuff when Dad had promised us a fresh new start. But I thought of the urn on the mantelpiece, and I was too scared of the answer. Next morning, I found an empty vodka bottle in the bin, and I knew that life in the Lake District would be exactly the same as life in London. That was two weeks ago. Since the urn, Dad's unpacked the old photo album and some of his clothes. The removal men did the big stuff, like beds and the sofa, and me and Jazz did everything else. The only boxes we haven't unpacked are the huge ones marked sacred. They're in the cellar, covered with plastic bags to keep them dry in case there's a flood or something. When we closed the cellar door, Jazz's eyes went all damp and smudgy. She said, doesn't it bother you? And I said, no. And she said, why not?